What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to another Where Are They Now? edition of the Side Hustle Show, because building assets is fun. This time, we're catching up with Alex Goldberg and Healy Jones of finversusfin.com when we heard from these guys back in episode 367, which aired at the very end of 2019. They were earning around 20 grand a month from what we called a modern comparison shopping site, helping customers make a decision between two or more prominent direct-to-consumer brands, like this company versus this company. Now, if we fast forward nine months, Finn versus Finn is now in the $50,000 a month range. And to find out what's been driving that growth, let's get Alex and Healy on the line. It'll be Alex that you hear first. It's been quite a ride. I think actually we've benefited a lot in this tumultuous time with more people at home and spending time online, especially maybe looking at themselves in the mirror a lot and wondering how to make themselves healthier and more well. But yeah, ultimately, it's a lot of more of the same strategy that we started with. So writing a ton more content, finding great partners to partner with, and creating direct relationships with them. Can you give me a sense of the publishing volume you guys are pushing out? I would say we publish three to four times a week, or at least we try to. Of course, we'd like to publish more than that, but this is still a, a side hustle at the end of the day. Yeah, this is Healy. You can definitely tell when our day jobs get a little too busy because all of a sudden things slow down on the publishing front. What's the breakdown between the stuff that you guys are writing versus freelance writers are are helping with? So I, our process is is most of the content, I'd, I'd probably put it at 80 or 90% is being written by freelancers, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's completely hands-off once they write the content. So putting it online, styling it, SEOing it, and generating links, obviously managing the partnerships, that's still a huge time suck and in, in investment for us. So I think the, it's, it's awesome that we're, we're able to automate and, and outsource a lot of it, but in some sense, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, I've seen the same thing. Even for the stuff that you outsource, there's still a editing and approval process and just the on-page formatting, for lack of a better term, internal linking, all sorts of stuff that goes into it beyond just the words on the page. So I, so I understand that. Anything else that's going on to this big revenue jump or anything you attribute to that? Or has it just kind of gone in lockstep as traffic has increased? Another thing that we did is, so we started throwing off cash because we're growing. And so we use that to make some website purchases. We're learning what niches we think are interesting through Finn versus Finn, and then picking some categories to go double down on. So we did purchase a dog care site. And we also just purchased a home gym website. It's basically based on our thoughts around sort of the trends that, that we think we're seeing out of our core site. So we're basically picking places where we want to put some more chips on the table and like very specific places. And we're going to try to double down on those. Were those categories that were already featured in some of the Finn versus Finn content? So the dog site, we had a little bit of dog revenue coming in and the payout was really great. And when we did sort of a, our SEO analysis, we realized that it seemed like a lot of hobbyist bloggers who weren't necessarily kind of laser focused on where we thought the SEO plus affiliate revenue could be maximized. So that was pretty considered decision. Now this was our, it was our first website that we purchased. So it was pretty cheapo little, <laughs> I don't know, Alex and I were just trying to figure out, can we even do this? Like, what does it even mean to buy a website from somebody? Right. So we wanted to bite off something small just to see what we could do. What did it end up costing you? 
it was like less than 2000 bucks, but it, it wasn't generating much revenue, but now it's generating some revenue. I don't know that it's going to be kind of the barn burner that we thought it would be, but it's definitely, we've, we proved what we wanted to prove, which was that we can buy a site that ranks all right in a particular category and then put the monetization stuff on top of it. So the advantage being at that price point, just it's an aged domain. Like if it doesn't have a ton of traffic, ton of revenue, but it's an aged domain. And, and now we can kind of layer our own systems and processes on top of this and maybe shortcut the traffic and revenue. And also trying to figure out, does our workload as side hustlers double if we have another site or can we get another site for less than that, right? We didn't want to take a bet with $10,000 or $50,000. We wanted to take a, take a bet in door learnings with a couple thousand bucks, right? So that was what, what that was. And then the other site that we purchased, pretty excited about it, partially because I'm starting to build out my own home gym, but it's a home, home gym, home fitness site. And we saw a few trends happening there. One, I think, unfortunately, COVID is making people work out at home. And then the second trend on top of that is there's a company called Peloton. And then there's a whole bunch of fast followers who are kind of doing similar stuff. And then there's all sorts of equipment that you want to have around that. And so it seems like it feels like that space is really heating up. And there's some not really a lot of affiliate programs in the space. But one thing Alex has proven very clearly is that if you are persistent reaching out to the right marketing managers inside these organizations, they'll consider doing an affiliate program with you. Okay, that's interesting. So trying to skate where the puck is going in a way and say, hey, I see a trend people working out at home. There's not a lot of off-the-shelf affiliate programs here yet, but you're kind of placing a bet on the future and saying, I think there will be, or I think they'd be open to the discussion of forming some sort of partnership. Yeah, absolutely. And then falling back on Amazon as a kind of stopgap before those partnerships are in place as hopefully just to take pennies on the dollar, especially since they've slashed a lot of their rates in, in time of COVID. Yes, hopefully that was an acquisition post uh, Amazon apocalypse in, in the spring. <laughs> like, I can't imagine the folks who bought a site at this earnings multiple and then to have it get cut in half the next month. It's just like adding insult to injury here. Yeah, I mean, I think for anyone who, who is in that boat, any affiliate marketers who are feeling a little disillusioned by the dropping Amazon rates, I do think that, you know, the pursue the direct relationship strategy if possible. And be persistent because, yeah, to Healy's point, you get a lot of no's sometimes or just a lot of radio silence. But eventually, you know, maybe someone gets promoted or they have a different marketing strategy and, and they become more open to affiliates. Healy, talk to me about that outreach. If there is a brand that I like, that I want to cover, that I want to write about, what does that initial outreach look like? Hey, you know, if they don't have an easy to find, you know, affiliate link in the footer of their website, who do I reach out to? And how do I start this conversation? Alex has been much more successful at this than I have. <laughs> but to paraphrase, obviously, you just do a Google search to see if you can find an existing affiliate program. You can't. The next step for us is LinkedIn, because we have been in around the sort of online marketing stuff for long enough to be hopefully not too many hops away from the people we want to get into. So the LinkedIn outreach is generally a pretty exciting way to kind of get in with somebody, but it takes persistence. Like, I, I think we just got into one and I don't know, how many times did you ask them, Alex? The most recent was it like 30 plus times you asked. If we could, it's like a sales job. Right? You gotta think. Yeah, definitely a lot of radio silence. And I, I'm not sure what the catalyst is sometimes, but just because you don't hear back doesn't necessarily mean it's a no. We've also had brands tell us that affiliate marketing is a dirty world and they're not interested in, in pursuing partnerships. 
And finally, there's another category where maybe they are interested in affiliates and quality partners, but at any given point, they don't have the capacity you know, in-house to manage those relationships, so they don't accept new partners. But eventually they will, eventually when their growth priorities shift or or like I said, maybe someone, a new member of their team comes in and breathes new life into that idea. So just remember that like all things, marketing departments are pretty dynamic and eventually they might see some value in affiliate. So by winning that traffic early, it's, it's still really valuable. If they are not plugged into an impact or a share a sale or one of these existing networks, what's it been like trying to set up tracking and performance-based payouts for somebody who, who does give you a yes? That's a really good question. So sometimes we actually are instrumental in the handholding of their setup of their program. So they're interested in the idea of affiliate marketing, but they're not plugged in yet to to a network or a SaaS solution that helps us track. Often we we can convince them to track through Google Analytics using a custom URL parameter and sort of dip your toe into that pool slowly, make them more comfortable with, with the whole idea. And so far, it's been comfortable kind of leaving it at that level of honor system for their own internal reports to, to come back and say, hey, we got seven new leads this month, you know, send us an invoice. Yeah, it is very much an honor system. You know, sometimes it's on our end. So sometimes we may say, hey, we'll track it on our end and then we'll share screenshots and whatnot to, to make you feel comfortable that we're reporting the right numbers. Of course, there's always a leap of faith that some party has instrumented the tracking correctly. And that's true even if you join an affiliate network, right? You don't, you don't necessarily know that what you're driving is, is what you're getting paid out for. But obviously, some payout is better than nothing. And so getting these in place, whether it's you're tracking it yourself in Google Analytics or you're trusting them and they're reporting, better to start that relationship and, and take some money. Yeah, I've had some of these conversations as well, especially when you see a company advertising through other channels. It's like, well, you know, they have marketing budget, you know, have you ever considered performance marketing? Have you ever considered affiliate partnerships? And a lot of times it's like, no, but I'm interested, you know? And so, like you said, you're kind of leading them through this path. Well, what, what would that look like? How would I get that set up? And you're like, well, here are some options that are on the table. So I'm kind of like that, not just being order takers, like, well, here's what's on the menu here, the brands that are available to us, but it's like, hey, you know, every brand in the world is a potential partner if we if we go about this the right way and if we have enough patience. I was going to ask you guys if there were any wins on uh, the SEO front, the link building stuff, anything either on page or off page that has helped improve rankings or traffic this year. So link building is, as you know, really, really hard. <laughs> and so we talked about before Haro had been successful for us, and it, it still has been. So help a reporter out. I suggest everybody signs up for that. And then we have had some success with, I almost want to call them like market studies, like best direct-to-consumer dental companies, things like that, where we're basically kind of laying out how we see an industry and putting names of companies in there. Sometimes even the companies will link to it, which is actually pretty killer. Like if you're trying to win affiliate traffic, in a particular category and, and one of the folks in the category is linking to you, like that is that's pretty darn helpful. So those have been good, although it's hard. It's not like you just build it and suddenly you get a bunch of links. Sometimes you build it and you don't get any links. And then I've heard a rumor there's this really cool podcast that has a really high domain authority and we'll link to you. So uh. <laughs> yeah, we can't understate the SEO benefit from coming on the podcast. That was awesome. All right. So, so have you got, have, has podcast guesting become part of the strategy here? 
Like, I'll go tell this story on a, on a dozen other shows. Uh, it hasn't yet, but we're very open to it. If anyone out there is hosting their own podcast, hit us up. <laughs> All right. Well, if anybody else is hosting, be sure to hit Alex and Healy up for that. Yeah, great. But well, there's a couple other things that have been pretty helpful, both from an SEO perspective. One, we've invested in design. And we actually hired, what was Rachel? Is she an industrial designer starting to get into web design? We hired somebody to help us improve the design of the sites has increased like the dwell time and a few other metrics that I do believe matters for SEO. And then also created a lot of custom images um, and they're actually super high quality. And so we, I've found now if you use image search for some of the brands that we cover, some of the topics, our images show up number one, a lot, and it kills me. It makes me so annoyed, but you know, the little featured snippet things, if we don't get a featured snippet, we often get the images to somebody else's text and it just drives me mad. Because it'll still link to their site, even though it's showing your picture. I think if you click on the picture, it, sh- it takes you to Google image search thing. And then you got to click yet again, like to kind of get to it. But so it uh, maybe I should be pleased. I don't know. But investing in the images has been really good for SEO. Hey, entrepreneurs, we know that anyone with a side hustle loves finding new ways to save. So if your business takes you on the road, sign up for a free membership with Hertz Business Rewards. Work trips, client meetings, industry conferences, with Hertz Business Rewards, you'll save at least 20% every time you rent a car. And you'll save on more than just the daily rate. Members earn credits redeemable towards free rental days. It's also free to add an additional driver if any additional coworkers come along. And for those Gen Z entrepreneurs out there, no young renter fees. Plus, sign up for Hertz Business Rewards today and earn three times credits during your first 90 days. So whether you're traveling for a side hustle or a main hustle, join for free at Hertz.com slash business rewards. Applies to base rate, taxes, fees, and options excluded. Additional terms and exclusions apply. Visit Hertz.com slash business rewards to learn more. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's an example of, like, what are you putting in a custom image? like how teeth aligners work. And it, it's actually kind of a step-by-step custom image of, of how teeth aligners work or how a particular medicine combats a particular condition, sort of using very stylized images that are pretty easy to understand. So, you know, taking stuff out of like medical journal that's really complicated and kind of dumbing it down. That is kind of cool. So people will link to the image or they'll share this almost as if it was kind of a mini infographic. 
Yeah, also just image SEO in general. So we do pretty well with image searches, and I don't know, I can't, I can't actually say off the top of my head how much of our traffic comes from image searches, but I think it's relatively easy to win image search SEO with just by titling your image in an SEO or keyword friendly way. So really, really quick optimization there. Okay, yeah, like this is the alt tag, this is the title of the image. Plus, you'd be able to reverse image search after some period of time and see if any other sites have unceremoniously lifted your image and are using that. And you say, hey, I don't mind, but would you mind uh, sending me some attribution on this? Like, could you link back to me? I've tried to do that a handful of times. And then just to stick on SEO, because we think about it so much, like the, I think that the level of optimization required continues to boggle my mind. We have to keep updating the posts that rank really well because there's continued competition. I've been using a tool called SE Rankings to kind of track our performance so I can see where we sit in the SERPs and go figure out where I need to optimize. And then we've also been using Surfer SEO, which is pretty good for helping suggest additional content, keywords and stuff to put on your pages. So, But that is multiple times a week updating key pages. So it's a lot of work. It is. It's it's that elusive passive income. Once I hit publish, I'm going to rank and I'm going to make all this affiliate income, except everybody else out there below you is gunning for that position. And they're not, they're not sitting on that passive income laurels. It's, I was looking for something in the personal finance space. And in the top 10, like every single article had a timestamp within the last 30 days. It was like, really guys, every, I mean, it's this republishing game and it's just, it's very, very competitive that's helpful or not so alex and i have a little debate here i think when we update the post we should change the date whereas alex likes the date to be really old because it kind of shows that we've been like doing it for a long time i am in the camp of updating the date but curious to hear the the rationale or the argument for for leaving it as is yeah i don't necessarily have a very strong one but i do think that depending on the nature of the content i guess if it's something that is really important to be updated really recently anything that's related to a topic today. Like, for instance, if you were writing about California fire preparedness, you might want that to be really, really recent. But if it's something that, you know, you're supposed to be an authority on, and I don't know, I guess there, it's more, there, there's sort of two sides of it. One would be the user experience, and one would be Google's, what, what Google thinks and how Google's going to ingest that information. So I suppose if you feel like users would look at the date and think, an older date would make you more credible and spend more time on your page, then that's probably the, the way to go. If you think, on the other hand, that they're going to look at the date and think it's stale, then probably you want to update that date. Yeah, that makes sense. It's like, here's this definitive biography of Winston Churchill or something. It was written in 2004. Like, all right, I probably don't need the 2020 edition of this. I'm sure, you know, he's been dead for a long time. Like, it's going to be okay. But yeah, for a lot of the up-to-date stuff, especially I imagine with the brands that you guys are comparing, like, oh, here's the 2020 update of this company versus this company. So I don't know. I'm falling under the camp and similar with my stuff. It's like, here's a bunch of ways to make extra money. Like, yeah, I want the 2020 version, not the, not the 2014 version. All right. You guys mentioned the website purchases. You guys got that going on, continued SEO work. Does this become a full-time thing at 50 grand a month? Are you tr trying to get to 100? Like, what's the future hold here? Healy, what do you think? I like the side hustle. I think it's pretty awesome. I have another side hustle that I'm doing in addition to my day job as well. I'm raising a venture capital fund. So I kind of like having a lot of balls in the air. I like being able to feel like I've got 
a lot of control over my own destiny. I don't know necessarily if kind of flipping full-time is where I really want to be right now. I, I kind of like how this is going, but I do think there's a disproportionate amount of the kind of really painful technical stuff that falls onto Alex. And so I'm trying to listen carefully to him to see when and or if he wants to flip to full-time because I would be supportive of him of him doing that. So, But right now I'm enjoying having it as a side hustle. I'm trying to fire up other side hustles. I feel like you get enough side hustles going and you've got like a couple whole hustles. So <laughs> it sounds like all that. And then some. it's a lot going on. You also have the startup that is your family and two young kids. So yeah, they're, they do take a little bit of time as I'm sure Nick is aware. <laughs> <laughs> I think on, on my end, I'm, I'm still very much enjoying my full-time job and, and learning a lot there. Although admittedly it gets harder and harder to focus there when, as the dollars from the side hustle increase. And, and also I, I do feel strongly that there's, tremendous upside in what we're doing and there's still a lot of opportunity so it's really exciting i, I think uh i am i'm in healy's boat that it's really awesome to have as a side hustle and feel very very privileged especially in these crazy times but who knows yeah it may not be a side hustle forever i understand i like where you guys uh where your heads are at on that taking stock of of everything that you built it's pretty impressive and that's <laughs> being really modest uh, i think it's a pretty crazy success story Alex, last year, you gave the uh, number one tip to be extremely persistent. Anything to add to that nine months later? I think kind of just figuring out the first model. So Finn versus Finn, we have, you know, we have a nice model. And, you know, like you said, we've, we've proven it out. But I think also then the challenge becomes thinking outside the box. So how can you expand upon that model? Is it buying new sites? And, and what does that look like? Is it finding new lucrative categories on your existing site? So we're still very much feeling that out and, and trying to determine what the future holds for us or kind of what our future strategy should look like. But definitely, you know, the challenge now is, okay, we have a model. How do you split your your focus on just kind of growing that model versus thinking outside the box and thinking even bigger? Very good. And, and Healy, your, no, your number one tip was to find a partner. It sounds like that's still working out pretty well, but anything uh, to add to that? I mean, I do think finding a partner is still incredibly important. And I, th I think the thing that I have been focusing on is at this point, I think there's no reason why I, we can't rank in the top three for any important search thing that we want to do. Now, I'm not talking about something suicidal, like best accident attorney or something like that. We would never rank number one or number two or number three for that. But the stuff that we want to rank for, I feel very confident that we, could, we should be in the top. So my tip is that you feel like you're getting there. You just have to over optimize. You have to keep trying and trying and trying to get there. So if, if it's if you're showing any glimmer of greatness, you just got to go 100% for it. Keep doubling down. It's a lot of fun to be able to create these articles and create traffic and revenue almost out of thin air. I mean, it's it's all like ones and zeros. It feels a lot like alchemy in in that sense, where it's like, hey. Two months ago, this article didn't exist. Now it's on the first page. Now it drives traffic and email signups and revenue, and it's pretty cool. So uh, I definitely attest to what you guys are doing and how rewarding it can be, how challenging it can be to get off the ground. But once you have it spinning, once you have a process in place, how good things can continue to happen. Again, finversusfin.com, Alex and Healy. Thank you guys so much for joining me. And maybe we'll have to do another Where Are They Now in a year and see where you guys are at. That is it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. 
where you'll hear from actually a mentee of Jacques who's turned his knowledge into a multiple six-figure business. I'll see you then. Hustle on.